From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome one and all. It's episode 60 of Free and Inspired Radio. Thank you once again for joining us on the show. Coming back after a bit of a short break. This is uh, first episode for a couple of weeks. We are back talking all about neurotransmitters this week. Now, focusing specifically on serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, or epinephrine. We're going to talk about how these brain chemicals affect your day, and we're also going to be having a look at exactly what neurotransmitters are, and then get into the details of how they might affect your day, and how, and even how they're affected by the connection between the brain and the gut. So, starting getting started on this, did you know that we have frogs to thank for the first discovery of neurotransmitters in 1921? Austrian Nobel Prize winner, also Lowy's inspiration to set up the groundbreaking experiment that discovered neurotransmitters uh, with frogs came to him in a dream. And that dream uh, would lead him to combine two frog hearts to study how nerve cells communicate with each other. 100 years later, our knowledge of neurotransmitters has informed many ideas about how the brain communicates with our bodies. In this episode, we're going to be looking at neurotransmitters and how they affect your body, as I said. We're also going to see if we can be specific around mental and digestive health, which is obviously a big theme for free and inspired radio. But what are neurotransmitters? We've used the term already quite a lot. Neurotransmitters are the chemicals that allow neurons or nerve cells to communicate with each other via the nervous system throughout the body. Without being too hyperbolic or superlative, it's fair to say that the ability of neurons to communicate chemically like this gives the brain the facility to influence the body in the way that it does. Now, why are neurotransmitters important in your mental health? Well, various neurological illnesses see disturbed neurotransmitter levels such as Parkinson's disease, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's disease, epilepsy, Huntington's disease and depression, which I think people might be a little bit more familiar with the connection between neurotransmitters and depression. But that list is pretty much the main neurological illnesses we see, right? So nearly every every big neurological illness has some form of disturbed neurotransmitter level associated with it. Changes in neurotransmitter levels aren't only influential in neurological and mental health conditions, though. They influence you every day. For example, neurotransmitters influence your emotions, your thoughts, 
memories and learning to name a few. Let's start with some of the leading players first in the amine group. So neurotransmitters are separated into groups and the amines are the main groups of neurotransmitters that you've most likely heard of. So we mentioned this at the beginning of the show. They're critical for our learning, motivation and emotional function. Monoamines include serotonin, so scientifically named 5-hydroxytryptamine, so tryptamine, uh, dopamine and norepinephrine. And they have been the cornerstone of hypotheses around how, how depression starts, for example. And that's actually called the monoamine theory of depression, if you wanted to look that up. And has actually, as a side note to the podcast, it's actually come under a lot of fire in the last probably 18 months or so, which is very interesting. And there are fair, there's a fairly decent consensus that the monoamine theory of depression isn't alone it's not it doesn't act independently it might be a part of the origins of depression but it may need other factors to make it more of a problem if that makes sense now let's when it comes to the gut and the brain connection and how it might relate to ibs for example serotonin is a central figure for treatment now let's get started with serotonin in that sense a lot of people don't know that the origin of 95 percent of your serotonin is in the gut and even though we often associate with serotonin with changes in mood and sleep it affects its effects can only can be seen in the digestive and cardiovascular systems along with an ability to influence bone mineral density would you believe and metabolism so for instance serotonin is a critical part of the process that helps food travel through your digestion this process is called motility in the late 1980s, researchers found dysfunctional and slow motility in the digestive system common in IBS symptoms, or IBS patients, excuse me. Fast forward to the modern day, and interventions influencing serotonin levels are vital to helping people with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO, and IBS. This altered level of serotonin has been studied further in IBS-D, or diarrhea-dominant IBS, and IBS-C, which is constipation-dominant IBS. Interestingly, people prone to looser bowel motions as part of their IBS picture had higher serotonin concentrations in their blood and urine. So in the brain, serotonin has a wide range of effects that influence our day, as you might imagine. For example, serotonin influences how we eat, sleep, and wake, and mood, decision-making, memory, and learning. Now, serotonin can also influence our social interactions. A review from 2002 suggested that higher serotonin levels help create more constructive social interactions by reducing aggressive and increasing dominant behavior. And I just want to simplify that. Higher serotonin levels will probably mean that you'll present in a social setting a little happier. So it's understandable that you might see less aggression, for example. Currently, only around 30 to 40% of people respond to serotonin-oriented drug interventions to improve their social anxiety. So look, that study, you know, 2002, 21 years ago, uh, it's a little long time now. There wasn't really much replicated around that, but I guess it just goes to show that when it comes to neurotransmitters, we often associate them with mental health illnesses, but they really do have a huge part or to play in how your day unfolds. Needless to say, serotonin governs the quality of our day, as I said, but it also affects our other neurotransmitters. For example, serotonin inhibits dopamine release. 
and influences glutamate and GABA release in different brain regions. And I'll be going through glutamate and GABA in another part of the neurotransmitter series that we're going to be putting together. So if serotonin rules the body, then it might be fair to say that dopamine governs the central nervous system. And that's exactly what we're going to be looking at after the break here on Free and Inspired Radio. Stay tuned for more on neurotransmitters. We'll be back soon. Woo! Time to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more free and inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes, welcome back to episode 60 of Free and Inspired Radio, where this week we're delving into brain chemicals and how they can affect your day. We've just looked a little closer at the mood chemical serotonin, but one that's gaining popularity online is dopamine. Similar to serotonin, uh, altered dopamine levels can be an origin story for brain-based illnesses such as Parkinson's disease, Huntington's, schizophrenia, and more importantly, drug addiction, or addiction in general, really. Dopamine is associated mainly with what's called reward-motivated behavior. Reward-motivated behavior includes approaching and consuming something, and potentially even becoming addicted to it, and everything involved in that. So if you, you know, I don't want to get into social media in this particular episode around dopamine, but it would be very interesting if you find this part of the show around dopamine interesting to go and see exactly how social media and advertising affects your dopamine levels. But for the sake of the show, we're just doing some a basic deep dive to introduce these things first. So let's look at some of the different types of ways dopamine interact with the body. Now, there are five different dopamine receptors, which means there are five really different ways that dopamine can affect the body. These receptors cover the regulation of your kidneys, attention, memory and learning and impulse control. I mentioned kidneys first because people don't associate dopamine with the kidneys, so it's an interesting one. One study around impulse control found that on using teenagers uh, found that higher dopamine levels could help control teenagers' impulsive responses better when a reward was involved. Now, this effect ties into another important element of how dopamine affects the quality of our day delayed gratification delayed gratification is thought of as one of the ways animals survive and thrive in life it requires us to be able to balance the benefits and the risks of delaying an available reward despite the potential of receiving the reward immediately the right decisions to continue waiting to favor a better reward in the future need to be made now I'm just going to repeat that. This is a long sentence. So despite the potential of receiving a reward immediately, we have to make the right decisions to continue to wait for that reward so that we get a better one in the future. 
Now, a simple experiment done in children perfectly expresses delayed gratification, and that's called the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. In the study, psychologist Walter Mischel gave the participants a choice of one marshmallow as an immediate reward or two marshmallows if they waited for some time. This research, whilst later criticized for being limited in a few ways, is still considered somewhat groundbreaking when looking at non-cognitive skills that develop early, early in life, such skills that could extend to being determinant for later success in life, which is kind of nuts, right? Anyway, that's just my, my opinion. Um, now, what does this have to do with dopamine, you ask? Well, maybe you've guessed it, but dopamine is involved in nearly all the processes in the brain that assist with delayed gratification. We discussed high dopamine allowing for better impulse control, but it also plays a role in what's called the hot system of the brain associated with temptation. Interestingly, this dopamine focus is a system is actually a focus when it comes to obesity and diet management. So much so that low dopamine levels now are associated with obesity. And I would like to say that that actually could be also down to the gut. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Dopamine affects your ability to sustain your focus even when you're tired as well. So one study from 2012 found that dopamine was a mediator that allowed people to sustain their motivation despite feeling tired. This interaction directly affects the executive function that dictates your ability to get through your day. There's a whole episode on executive function as well if you're interested in that. It is a key part of your day. And for some people who just feel like they feel tired all the time, sometimes looking at executive function can help you to be more specific about what you're tired in or what's making you tired, for example. Now, the ability to start and finish things, say yes and no to the right things, set goals and work through ways to achieve them are all part of your executive function. Now, these skills have been shown to connect dopamine to procrastination, for example, with recommendations showing increasing dopamine via increased dietary protein consumption, for example, may help to curb the tendencies we have to put things off. So, procrastinators, hey, if you are not having one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight per day and you find it difficult to start things and maybe finish them, you could find that your diet might be part of your procrastination because your dopamine levels are made out of the protein that you eat. So there's an easy win for the procrastinators out there. Now, Dopamine is also responsible for the creation of another neurotransmitter, norepinephrine. Now, I've heard a very articulate description of the relationship between dopamine and norepinephrine, and it goes something like this. If dopamine provides the motivation, then norepinephrine helps you get it done. If dopamine provides the motivation, then norepinephrine helps you fuel it and get it done. So I wish I could credit the person I heard that from, but still it describes perfectly the role in the fight or flight system that the brain uh, that allows us to take action, basically. Norepinephrine plays a role in our alertness, emotional regulation, memory, learning, and attention. Now, I'd just like to take a quick break from norepinephrine because did you notice that out of all these neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, all of them play some type of role in your memory, learning, and attention, which is really cool because it doesn't mean, this is where the monoamine theory of saying, well, it's just one neurotransmitter 
you know, causing all of these issues, it doesn't work that way. And this is something I was really hoping to get across in this uh, initial part one of neurotransmitters is that they work together in very symbiotically, if you like. Now let's get back to norepinephrine. As it relates to your day, norepinephrine is the primary driver of your stress response. Most of the focus for stress management looks at cortisol, and you'll be able to check out cortisol once again in another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. However, norepinephrine increases your cardiac and respiratory rate to begin the stress response, so cortisol may maintain it, and it does so on the command of the amygdala, the part of your brain that assesses things coming at you from your environment. So norepinephrine is actually the neurotransmitter that kicks off your stress response and cortisol just maintains it unfortunately this ability to get your body primed for action which obviously is key for survival comes with a price elevated long-term norepinephrine levels contribute to the stress-induced portion of chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease and maybe even cancer Dopamine and norepinephrine are also influenced by the bacteria in your digestion. And this interaction is another example of the close relationship between the brain and the gut. Some some animal studies have shown that the bacteria in the gut directly influence dopamine and norepinephrine to influence reward-based behavior. Of course, we don't get too excited about animal studies on this show. However, it does give extra context to the connection between dopamine and eating behavior and how the gut may play a role. And that really does move us towards that notion that sometimes our diet really has a key Uh, part to play in our brain health but also the chemicals within our brain that then rebound those messages back to our body as well so what do you think about that neurotransmitters part one uh Obviously, this could be a really long episode. I mean, I think Andrew Huberman did an hour just on dopamine, right? So there's a lot here. And hopefully, as I said, I wanted some key messages here that serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, they're going to really affect your day, but they're also going to really affect your body and the quality of your day as well. Over the last 100 years, we've come from connecting frogs' hearts with chemical messages to understanding how deeply these chemicals affect the body and the quality of our day. Not only this, but it's clear that when it comes to neurotransmitters and their effects in the body, as I said, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Well, the gut playing a huge role in affecting all three, serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. Before we finish this free and inspired radio episode, if you would love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcasts and episodes, podcast episodes and more, um, jump over to philipwatkins.health and join our community via the newsletter there and sign up to get your free ebook about probiotics and the brain your reviews on apple Podcasts and spotify help me get the word on the street and if you're listening to this on youtube throw the video a like and subscribe to see when each new podcast is uploaded Uh, as always shout out to the people who get this far on the show thank you for staying with us this show is about helping you to find the freedom to feel inspired again and i hope this gets you one step closer Free and Inspired Radio is going through a big change and I will be doing an individual podcast next week to explain those changes and to help you understand what's changing. The title of the show is staying the same, but we have a sponsor and that's we're going to be announcing 
all of these new things coming up very shortly as we evolve free and inspired radio past this 60th episode. So if you are still listening to the show at this point, I would like to take the opportunity to thank you for listening this far and giving me the opportunity to evolve this show further. And once again, next week, I will be giving you a sneak peek into what to expect with the new changes around philipwatkins.health and free and inspire radio and our new sponsor. Have a wonderful week and thank you very much for listening to Free and Inspired Radio. We'll be back with more mental and digestive health solutions very soon. Bye. Oh my gosh, you made it to the end. This show is all about you and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.